Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com. Here with Elaine Butterfield. She's the Executive Director of the Centre on Philanthropy. Thank you for sparing some time, Elaine. First of all, sure. uh, for those who might not be aware of your work, can you just quickly explain the role of the Centre on Philanthropy? Of course. The Centre on Philanthropy is actually a charity that exists to support other charities in Bermuda. We uh, do that through training and education. We um, encourage and uh, facilitate volunteerism, mm -hmm. the largest volunteer program in Bermuda. And we also advocate on their behalf. Right. We, uh, I like to say, or, or our phrases, that we exist to serve nonprofits in right. Bermuda. So you've got your finger on the pulse as regards the situation with charities in Bermuda, really? Yes. Okay. So bearing that in mind, then, um, how important is the charitable sector in Bermuda? The charitable sector in Bermuda actually facilitates the government's social agenda. Mm. Without the contribution that the charitable sector makes in Bermuda, I earnestly believed, um, my informed opinion is, that we would be an island existing in chaos. Right. Uh, without the contribution, the very many services that the charities provide. It is in other countries, I've noticed, in other countries, and I've said this before, it does seem that charities do pick up the social services tab almost. Mm -hmm. In other countries, government would provide. Well, in the United Kingdom, the government actually supports the charitable sector yeah. financially. Yeah. Um, in the United States, the charitable sector is largely funded by individuals. Um, uh, that it, It's just societal giving. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. Um, we have a very unique situation here in Bermuda where um, because of the um, offshore uh, business, most of the funding for the um, charitable sector historically has been from the corporations that exist in Bermuda. Um, it's a part of their corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have a, a fairly unique situation mm -hmm. in Bermuda. Mm -hmm. of Go ahead. Be be bearing in mind that unique situation and bearing in mind uh, the roles that they play, mm -hmm. what kind of effect did the budget have or what do you think will have on charities? Um, I, I get uh, in the budget, it's, it's kind of admirable to see, you know, the um, um, debt um, service ratio, the debt going down. Mm -hmm. Um, however, I think there needs to be more of a holistic approach. Um, the, it's, the, the economy has not just affected the um, society in Bermuda in general, it has also affected the charities that mm. provide the services toward that society being healthy yeah. in Bermuda. Mm -hmm. um, I am aware that there are some charities in Bermuda who have to choose between paying insurance for a staff member or the staff member that they vitally need in order to provide the services right. that that um, charity is mandated to do. Mm. And as we all know, in many times, those services are vital mm. to the existence of a healthy economy, mm. a healthy society, um, in spite of um, the fact that we are lowering our country debt uh, there are still people in our society, there are still charities in our society that are closing down, that um, people are still um, not having food to eat. 
people are still not having a place to stay mm -hmm. um, because of lack of a job and because of lack of money. So I, y your question was, you know, how does the budget affect, um, you know, charities mm -hmm. and the society? Um, I think that there needs to be just as much concern for um, hope and the lack of hope that people seem to have in our society nowadays, lack of hope. which has increased the need for the charities in our society. Is that lack of hope recent, or has it been building up? Oh, no. Um, you know, we have this uh, misconception that Bermuda is another world. Bermuda mm. is a part of the global economy. And um, right along with, um, you know, the decline, the recession that started, you know, around 2008, Bermuda has seen the effects, perhaps yes. a little slower than um, the rest of the world initially, but it certainly has had its impact and it's here, and it's affecting all of us in so many ways. Mm. Um, of course, the biggest is the lack of jobs. Yes. You would be surprised, uh, we're a charity, but you would be surprised at the number of phone calls that I get weekly for people looking for jobs. Mm. Um, which kind of brings me on to my next question. Officially, the recession's over. There's been uh, uh, four uh, quarters in a row now where we've seen uh, growth mm -hmm. in GDP. Mm -hmm. That's a measure of whether the recession's mm -hmm. over. But is it over for everybody? I definitely not. Uh, it's not over for the charitable sector. Uh, the Center on Philanthropy, we recently held a, a third sector, our fifth annual third sector conference at the Hamilton Princess on January the 29th. And at the conference, we unveiled a new program that we will be implementing um, in about three months, mm -hmm. where we will be working with um, government organizations like Workforce Development, mm -hmm. training up people um, and working on um, hiring them out to nonprofits who otherwise couldn't afford to hire, right, okay. um, you know, staff mm -hmm. to help to run their agencies. Um, training them up and uh, working out a deal with our partners where they can be hired for a, a, a much reduced rate right, right. to provide the services. Um, that will impact the charity, of course, who need uh, that help to run the service, to provide services to the community, but it will also be able to provide jobs for some people who True. might not right. otherwise um, have the opportunity right, to be right. employed. But you, you said the recession isn't over for everybody. I mean, what, what, are you, what are the kind of things you're seeing then? And, and the other thing is, some people have suggested, and I hate using this phrase, but it sums it up, that the, the gap between the haves and the have not is possibly growing? Well, There's you an know, increasing wealth gap? I believe so. You know, the, 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 the economic situation has had a ripple effect. Um, as the services, um, you know, as the prices have increased, the government has cut back on its support for the, you know, nonprofit mm -hmm. sector. The there are an increasing loss of jobs. Um, as a result of that, the social society demands and needs have increased. So there's an increasing demand on the services that the charities have to provide. The charities have to provide these services either with the existing uh, support system that they have, the infrastructure that they have, or because of the increase in health care costs, et cetera, yes. now yes. payroll tax, yeah. um, they're going to have to provide an increased level of services with even less resources mm. that they have. So, Are you seeing donations drying up a bit? Donations have not um, improved. 
That is as a result of the um, last year, we saw six major companies merge. Right, yes. Uh, that would translate uh, into six funders. Let's say a charity would have six funders, um, maybe $10,000 each. Mm. That might run a charity completely. Mm. With them merging, and it has been our experience that one of those merges where we had two separate companies, we've been told that um, you will, we have written off, you know, all of the giving, and apparently, you know, the charitable giving is the first thing to go because that's an easy write-off, um, and you will only receive funds from one company, and so merging does not necessarily translate to double a double effect Possibly for most of us. It, it usually translates it's to interesting, half. Interesting, I've never thought about that because yep. I've always thought about the immediate impact of merging, which is obviously all about job losses yep. and yep. ancillary services. Yep. I don't actually think yep. about the charitable giving. Oh, yes. It, it impacts the whole economy, the whole society. So you mentioned the conference earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, it was suggested at that conference that charities might merge. Is that a way forward yes. as well? We're talking about mergers? Yeah. We, uh, I, I alluded to um, earlier that we will be unveiling a program shortly. Yes. It's actually called the Collaboration Platform. And as a part of that program, we are working with partners um, in the field who can assist other charities, um, event planners, people like that, um, lawyers, people like that, who can assist charities with collaborating, collaborating on okay. an event. Right collaborating in a program, mm -hmm. and right up to mergers and acquisitions. Really? Uh, we do see, um, based on the economy, based on the constraints on charities to provide their services, a need to look at the possibility of working together without, rather than... Without trying to impact on services, and that's going to be the really hard part, isn't Absolutely. It? Well, a part of this will be um, engaging in corporate sponsorship that will allow um, for that kind of expertise um, to help them to merge okay. together, to help them to define their services, whether it be um, two separate programs under one roof, right. whether one should be absorbed into the other, okay. those kinds of things. So is that based on feedback you're getting from charities? Then? Definitely. Really? Uh, feedback, we also work with the Registry General, we mm -hmm. also work with the Charities Commissioners, and I think you will have seen that um, probably as far as up to 2014, there were over 400 charities in Bermuda. There are now approximately 325. So as a result of the New Charities Act 2014, mm -hmm. and as a result of the, um, what is it, um, compliance that has been placed on charities to um, annually register, and for those new coming on board, um, it's, a, it's a bit more difficult. It's being examined more carefully. Um, you know, Which whether a, a charity thing. should start. That's not a bad thing. We itself. absolutely support it. <clears throat> but you mentioned the Act. You just going to a bit, I was going to ask you about that. Can you just go into mm -hmm. a bit of detail of what the effects of that Act has been? What I just said, you know, so far the, the number of charities have reduced from over but, 400 but to... But that's because it's a bit more onerous, isn't it, to be a charity? What, what, absolutely. What, what were the extra burdens, if you like? Um, compliance is the main thing. Now charities have to have a compliance officer. Charities have to adhere to um, monetary regulations with the AML policy. Those who provide human service support um, have to 
uh, comply with the vulnerable, vulnerable persons policy wording, mm. things like that. So okay. there's a bit, it's a bit it's more. It's a lot more admin, a lot more red tape. Absolutely. Now, when the new Charities Act came um, into effect at the end of 2014, we actually spent 2015 working with the Registry General to provide information sessions. We had well over 500 people attend. Um, on the new act, you know, the compliance issues. On our website, if, if a charity or anyone interested goes on our website, we have the new act there. We have the policy wording. We have frequently asked questions. We have um, documents um, completed that will give you a template of how to complete your document. So we support um, the work of the new Charities Act because in order for us to survive and exist in this economy, we are going to have to get our game on, yeah, so to no, speak. That's absolutely, that's absolutely fine. I understand that. Um, just, just going back to what the charities are telling you, and you talked about the mergers, are we then, do you think we will see in due course uh, charities actually merging? Definitely. Um, it's going to be like with like. But is, is, is there an opportunity where perhaps services are overlapping and it's going to be more obvious there? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people have said that, you know, um, because, or a lot of people believe, I think, because, you know, you have two services, for example, providing services for children, mm. or you have two services providing services for women to charities, people feel that, you know, there should only be one. But what people don't really understand is the need in the community is far greater than any of those two services. It's how those services work together mm. to provide the service that can be more efficient, but can also be more effective to the constituents, you know, can can help them more. It's also good for services to be seen or charities to be seen to work together when they go for funding. Mm. Um, the funders like to see that they are um, uh, engaging ways of working together and um, working through programs together. Bearing in mind the importance of the charitable sector here, mm -hmm. bearing in mind that merger is somewhat of a dirty word because mm -hmm. it's always associated with job losses, cutting services. Mm -hmm. How are you going to convince people that rely on these services that this is the way to go? How are you going to reduce that level of uncertainty, which will, will definitely be there? Well, you know, it, it's a matter of what is inevitable, because based on the economy and the time that it seems that we're taking to climb out of it, mm. because if we all look around, we talk about the need for jobs being created, but we don't see anything that is um, tangible at this time or in the near future that is going to cause a major difference. So as a result of that, um, you know, already in the budget we're seeing that we're going to have an increase in payroll taxes. Uh, last year it was um, the insurance. Charities are going to have to make some hard and fast decisions. Um, from our perspective, we would like to see charities be willing to at least be open to the conversation. Um, because it's either going to happen to us mm. or we are going to participate in it intentionally. So and and that's our conversation. Would I be right in saying you're going to have to be proactive to save charities from going bust? Absolutely. And what we have is we have quarterly um, membership forums where we sit down and talk about issues and try to 
collaboratively, collectively come up with solutions together, which was the major purpose of the conference. And at our next quarterly member forum, and we usually get around 35 to 50 um, charity heads coming out to discuss um, our issues, we will be talking about collaboration and the need for collaboration. And we would like to lead that conversation, but um, as I said again, we are actively working on a program mm -hmm. to assist charities. We're even looking for funding in order to assist charities to do that initially free of charge. It's kind of an irony there, isn't it? You're looking for funding to do that, but the funding's Absol not forthcoming. Absolutely. <laughs> that, however, as I said, the funders want to see that we are thinking smarter and not harder. They want us to be creative. They want to see that their money is going to be impactful. Do you see this as a, as a permanent fix? Do you see it ever going back to a proliferation of charities? I don't think so. I think what has happened with the new Charities Act, with the um, more robust um, charitable application system, I think that they, what they have done is weeded out um, the unnecessary, the yeah. fluff. Yeah. Um, I think that um, our society does need the charities that are there. You have to remember, that seems like a large number, but you have to remember that we're talking about um, PTAs, yes. we're talking about churches, yes. you know, we're talking about um, sports clubs and associations. You're also talking about the charities, they, they are a registered charity when someone has raises funds for um, an illness for someone to mm. go away. Right, so yeah. you really have about 175 or 150 hardcore group. Yeah. hardcore group charities in Bermuda that I believe, considering our social problems, are very necessary. Of 150 now in a year's time, how do you think? I don't think it'll grow that much because... the mergers, will it shrink? Oh, with definitely. I believe there will be less, if anything. And hopefully, hopefully... Um, our intention is to assist the charities with becoming even more effective. Final question. If um, charities stop work now in mm -hmm. Bermuda, what would Bermuda be like? Chaos. Why? Chaotic. They're that important, they're that fundamental to Bermuda. They're really fundamental. Um, if you consider, um, I could uh, let's take four charities, and I, I can think of them off the top of my head, the Center Against Abuse, um, for domestic violence, uh, women um, who are women and children who are being sub subjected to domestic violence. Why are they being subjected to some domestic violence? Maybe the husband's not working, and you know he's totally frustrated. Um, he can't provide support. Um, so um, the wife is at getting beat up. Um, she also needs a place to stay where he's so frustrated that it might result in him actually killing her, which we've had several times in the past. Mm -hmm. If they don't exist, where would people go? Um, they, so we see more people on the streets, we see more, more abuse. More people on the street, more abuse. Um, the the um, Coalition for Protection of Children, who I happen to know, um, who provide um, um, housing for women, you know, with without children, um, really, um, some of those things are very, very important. Um, the Center Against Abuse also provides um, counseling to men, right? Yeah, um, in crisis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're the Salvation Army, um, who provides the shelter, and mm. as you saw recently in the paper, they're struggling with funding very much as well. Um, where would the, the homeless people that we already have in the street, but where would they go? Uh, we would have chaos in 22 square miles, believe me. That's how important charities are.
On that note, Elaine, thank you very much for your, for your time. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24-7 Bermuda news source.